Welcome to Disembodied. This is episode 18, Stalemate. We're crossing swords here in the U.S. We're apparently in a state of political stalemate, where one party has won the presidency, and the opposing party wants to call that win fraudulent. For those of us who are listening hard to all of the conversations, the gears of that invisible institution, democracy, seem to be grinding a bit. It's funny how even in the 21st century, politics and religion are still connected. It makes me think of spiritual or religious belief systems and how they can seem repulsive or enticing by turns. What makes each of us reject one belief system and accept another? Why do some belief systems have such resonance? Let me start by saying that there has always been a pressure exerted on me to identify as Christian because I grew up in a Christian country. Proselytizing is pretty common here. This is a semi-religious modern nation. And let's be honest, there are a lot of belief systems within Christianity, many of which, such as Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons, were deemed unacceptable by my family. So not only did I feel pressure to be a Christian, but the focus was on being a certain brand of Christian. So I've had to think about how to handle people who are regularly trying to convert me to their belief system. I can't say that I've handled it gracefully every time. A few years back, I had some Jehovah's Witnesses come knocking on my door. Just as a side note here, I'm not picking on Jehovah's Witnesses for any reason other than that they tend to put a lot of energy into converting others. I can only guess that they were pretty active in the area that I was living in because It wasn't the first time I had seen or heard people with pamphlets knocking on doors in that neighborhood. I would have quietly said I'm not interested had they not employed a tactic to win my sympathy. They brought a very old woman who could hardly walk with them. It was clear to me they were using her physical frailty as some sort of emotional bargaining chip. They were thinking no one would tell them off with an elderly woman in tow. That's my guess. Wrong. (laughs) I'm not proud of the outburst that followed, but I told them to stop using old people to shield their conversion efforts and that I had no interest in their ridiculous religion. And furthermore, none of my neighbors did either. Basically, I told them never to show their faces again on my street. And they left. But as soon as I closed the door on them, I was hoping my neighbors didn't hear that tirade. With any luck, it only amounted to some high-pitched noise pollution, as if I had accidentally turned up my TV volume too high. It did occur to me, though, that I had imposed my own rejection of religion on my neighbors by driving out the proselytizers. Who knows, maybe one of my neighbors would have been open to a religious conversion. 
that Jehovah's Witnesses made an assumption that I wanted to be converted, just as I made an assumption that none of us in the neighborhood wanted to be converted. Both perspectives are imposing in a way. And maybe, just maybe, the elderly Jehovah's Witness hadn't been dragged along by her church members. Maybe she was the one insisting that the younger ones go with her to proselytize. Who knows? Again, the question arises of what to do when people want to convert you to their belief system. How many times can you smile as people try to convince you that you are lost until you adopt their religion? What do you do? Tell them off? Make fun of them? Do you tell them you'll join their church just to get them to leave? For me personally, the more people try to tell me how their belief system is superior and they subscribe to the one true God, the more I want to walk away. There's a really good quote by an American philosopher named Eric Hoffer about this. He says the proselytizing fanatic strengthens his own faith by converting others. The creed whose legitimacy is most easily challenged is likely to develop the strongest proselytizing impulse. So in other words, people who proselytize do so to reinforce their own tenuous faith in what they're imposing on others. Luckily, many countries have mostly separated religion from politics, though I think we're still struggling with it here in the U.S. New versions of Christianity seem to be taking root amidst all of the current insecurity that we have in this um, technological age. No religion ever stays the same through the ages, not even Christianity. And all religions are subject to splintering and reinterpretation of previously held doctrines. History is pretty much littered with individuals who repurposed religious beliefs to achieve political goals. So nothing new is happening. In a nutshell, I would like to say this. With all of the shifting ground religion attempts to annex, I hope we can keep agreeing that democracy is a secular belief system we should share. Here's the practical aspect of this episode. Think about how to ease a stalemate. We have stalemates every day in some small way with somebody. We can have them with a group as well. But the path to war lies in demonizing or dehumanizing other people. So if we have evolved at all, if you believe in human evolution, you better know that war puts humans in retrograde. Don't be so sure your belief system, whatever it may be, is superior and your God, the one true God. Above all, I think, and I'm saying this to myself as well, 
we have to understand that proselytizing feeds a selfish impulse to make others think like you and your supposedly superior tribe. The right does this, the left does it, too. If your religious text states that only 144,000 people will be saved, well, just remember that the world was a lot smaller at the time pen was put to paper. Maybe 144,000 meant 144 billion back then. Maybe it was a typo. Maybe the scribe who wrote it was drunk. Take it lightly. Until next week, keep the faith, whatever faith you have. <laughs> Let's say keep the faith in humanity. <laughs>